0: Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we get a chance to sit down and have a conversation with Pastor Zoner and learn how God's Word applies to our lives. welcome back to conversations a podcast by christ presbyterian church i'm your host will Leitner, and i'm sitting with my friend my pastor eric zellner how are you doing today
1: i'm good will how are you
0: i'm great we're going through our questions and answers series and the question that was submitted to us is about denominations so this is the question how do we think of denominations are they necessary after the fall if we are a christian in a denomination how do we view others in our own Immediately, my mind goes to Martin Luther's quote: "Truth at all costs, unity if possible." Hmm. I'm going to pass it back to you and and hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, how do we think about denominations, and is that a part of the fall? Luther's quote is is really applicable, isn't it? He, he recognizes that um, that the the primary thing for which God's people ought to be concerned about uh, is is truth. Uh, unity comes. Um, not at the expense of truth. Um, so we, we want to realize that that denominations uh, can and have been useful in the providence of God to r- not only recover but hold on to God's word and the uh, and the biblical principle of there being one single truth uh, or what Schaefer called true truth. Um, so I, I would say this: How do we think about denominations? Uh, I would want, as a pastor of Christ Press, for the people of our church to think in terms of uh, loving other brothers and sisters uh, who have different monikers after their name. Uh, so, my friend who says I'm Baptist, my friend who says he's Methodist, my friend who says he's non-denominational or Catholic—we we, want to think about. all right, I want to. I want to begin by a posture of love towards them, and it's in some ways this connects back to a, a conversation we had earlier about you know how do we treat people who have differing views with us. Um, We want to, Jesus says that one of the real marks of his people is that they will have love for each other. And so we do want to express and communicate uh, kind of just brotherly, fraternal love uh, with uh, our neighbors in Christ who who share the the same uh, certainty that salvation is ours by grace through faith alone and Christ alone. But we also uh, want to realize that denominations uh, give to the world a sense that maybe there's a division in the church, which is part of the reason I want to make sure that I'm communicating a kind of love to other people. Um, and so I, I, the world must know that I love my friends who are Baptist, and I love my friends who are Methodist, and I hope they love me. Uh, but internally, the way this works is I do not have to look—of of course, I think um there's a tendency to look at denominations as if they are a curse of the fall. Uh, I think they're a nature of life after the fall. Um, God's given us his word. It is our desire to uh, read and understand God's word as it's revealed. Uh, and yet there are ways that I have dis- have uh, disagreements, or uh, and that, that sounds argumentative, I just have different views on particular areas of Scripture. Uh, so for instance, I have really godly friends who uh would would really be uh convinced in the depth of their conscience that there is no such thing as infant baptism in the scriptures that that babies should not be baptized uh, and that that's only for believers and I say, well, I see in scripture both grown up believers being baptized, and I think I see infants of children i mean children of believers also being baptized, and so therefore uh, that doesn't mean I break fellowship with them um but denominations are formed in that way. Another example, of course is that uh there's various forms of church government and uh and and so Presbyterian people are Presbyterian because we believe that there's a biblical pattern set in the scriptures that elders rule the church and govern the church and so uh I worship in this place with those convictions because i you know as I read the scriptures that's what I, I seem to think the Lord has laid out in his word. Um, that doesn't cause me to break fellowship, but but um, if there's going to have to be a church government in a church, um, I'm going to want to be in the church where I believe it's consistent with the scriptures. So uh, my, my uh, me- Methodist friends would have a conviction of a hierarchical form of go- church government. My Episcopalian friends and Catholics would have that conviction. And uh, in, in, for the most part, my Baptistic friends would have conviction of a congregational form of church government. They just believe that each member has a, a kind of vote or something like that. So how do we think about it? I think we can think about it positively. God has used uh, denominations for centuries, uh, and every division in the church has been useful by God to preserve His people. And um, Ultimately, there's going to be a day when we can look back in the new heavens and the new earth, and we will know in precise ways exactly how the Presbyterians were wrong, um, exactly how the Baptists were wrong, exactly how the Catholics were wrong, Uh, and we'll know also the things that we were uh, doing right. But it is uh, one of the strong uh, anchors and tenets of the Reformed faith is that we believe that Jesus alone is the Lord of the conscience. And so each believer must study the Scripture, and he must seek to align himself or herself with a church that uh, he or she believes is consistent with the teachings of the Scripture. Then, here's the beauty of this, then when we come together for public worship, uh, I am deeply unified with all those members there who are turning our eyes to the Lamb of God and worshiping the Christ and and the God who sent him, Uh, and we are deeply reliant upon the Holy Spirit. So... In that way, the body of Christ uh, emulates and resembles the the oneness that the Father and the Son and the Spirit have together, uh, and have for all
0: eternity. What would you say to someone that wants to start their own? Um, you know, it's me and my Bible and my own. We're going to start Leitnerism. Um, <laughs> what, what would you say to that to that person?
1: Will, please don't do that. That's no. <laughs> um, no, a good question. It's a really good question. I think it. Um, that is a really – that's a big danger. It's been a big danger uh, for centuries. I think you saw that very prominently in the 60s and 70s. Uh, in this country, which is just one iteration of many times that's happened. Sometimes I think the the home church movement gets get, gets kind of in that. Okay, we're the only ones who really get it. Um, here's what I would, here's what I would tell you if the uh, if the body of Christ can only be found in you and your four or five people that have figured it out, then it's not the body of Christ that's wrong. It's probably you. Um, so it it is a really good idea to be a part of a local church—it's a biblical idea to be a part of a local church—and not to create your own, um, because you need authority and accountability that comes from multi-generational relationships. You need the authority of of overseeing elders and governing bodies and various things like that. Um, so I, I, I do think—and let me use this as a quick example, because I notice that this is becoming more and more popular— uh people believe that that if i can just if, if i could have a sm- simple small house church that i could probably get a little closer to what it was like in the early church and that's presuming that um that it was the house and a few christians that's what made that beautiful um we don't have to look at the book of acts and say that was entirely normative that everything in acts is normative um they met in houses because uh, there were no such things as uh, big, giant warehouses to rent with their friends, right? Um, it, it wasn't a world like we live in. So um, where I've seen this happen and go awry is the, you know, first church of Will Lightner becomes dangerous because Will Lightner becomes the Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's often one person in that group who becomes the Messiah. Um even when Christ Presbyterian Church was planted and formed in the very beginning, uh, it was really important for me to have accountability. And so the whole presbytery put forth a a governing body that was a temporary session to oversee uh, my arrival here and my uh, governance as I gathered people to be a part of the church. Um, but it, it it you know it can't just be Eric Zellner. Um, and I think churches that are built on one person tend to lead themselves away from the person of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and they begin to worship the personality of the pastor.
0: So just to summarize real quick, it, it sounds like you're saying in the church we, we strive for unity and strive for love, um, but when we see that our conscience is, is pricked and we see that our convictions of Scripture on the primary issues do not line up, it's necessary for us to to split um, at the expense of truth in our convictions and conscience.
1: Yeah, and in that sense, truth matters. It, it matters immensely. And so we weigh our choices in churches, and we weigh our own convictions about um, truth, not based on what we personally think or even what we would like it to be, but rather what the Scripture says. And that's our, uh, in that sense, it's a, it's completely a, a longstanding pattern that the Bible is the only infallible rule for faith and practice.
0: Absolutely. Well, Pastor Zahner, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for answering our question.
1: Thank you, Will.